It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hello and welcome to Extra Time, a web-only sports program from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Joe Porter. In the program this week, we catch up with Hurricanes and All Black centre Conrad Smith as he prepares to make his return to Super Rugby after a lengthy spell on the sidelines. We talk to the Warriors' emerging star James Maloney as the Auckland-based side return home from their successful road trip. We find out why the Northern Mystics netball coach believes her side are the team to fear in this weekend's grand final. And we talk to former New Zealand cricket legend Martin Crowe about why he's contemplating a return to the sport. Dan Carter's re-signing with the New Zealand Rugby Union wasn't the only good news in rugby this week. Centre Conrad Smith confirmed he'll return to action next week after missing five Hurricanes matches with a broken nose. A broken nose doesn't sound like much of an injury, but the knock he took against the Brumbies last month certainly meant a bit of work at the surgeons, as he explained to the media this week. Yeah, they'd uh, open up sort of under the nose and uh, lift it up and sort of reattach the, the cartilage of the nose back to the, back to the bone, so... A fair bit of work done, um, but you know, it went, all went really well and uh, all going well, we'll be uh, playing next time we run out in Palmy. Have you had a, a, a busted beak before? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've, a lot of rugby players you know, break their nose a lot, but it was, uh, this one was a bit more serious with the, um, yeah, like I say, the cartilage actually come off the bone, so that's why they had to operate and sort of had to do it straight away, couldn't sort of wait till the end of the year like a lot of rugby players do. You're pretty happy that you played Mike Tinder. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it actually didn't, you know, afterwards didn't look that bad, but the, you know, um, functionally it wasn't um, too good, so that, that's what, what had to happen, um, happened. Scarier than a broken leg? Uh, oh, no, I mean, totally different. Uh, you know, the, the operation was actually a lot worse than the, than the incident. You know, the sort of couple of days, of, I mean, sure it was sore, but it wasn't too bad, but the operation itself uh, left, um, you know, the next week. It was pretty horrible. Mm. Back just in time for the bite? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, I would have been, um, you know, the surgeon said at the start, sort of eight weeks, and if it went well, six weeks, so, um, I, you know, he wouldn't have been keen for me to play anyway this week, so might have been a blessing. Has it been frustrating? I mean, you've obviously been able to train with everyone, but not but not get out on the match days. Yeah, I don't think that's been, it's been good and bad. I, I quite enjoy it, you know, running around with the boys, at least, uh, you know, I think it's worse when you, you can't do anything. That's um, pretty frustrating, so, and I knew at the start what it meant, you know, I was going to sit out a few games and... The first week's never nice and you're not nice to be around, but uh, you get your head around that and a bit older and wiser and it's just a game and you sort of uh, live for other things, I suppose. Can I ask you too, the fourth selector, the unofficial fourth selector's got you on his all-black side? Who's all Corey lost. Jane? Oh, right. You haven't been playing for five weeks, but he's got you in there, pencilled in. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I actually had to get filled in on what's been going on with that. It's obviously created a bit of a stir, but I, I don't follow it, so um, I'm a bit lost. The boys don't give the tweeting guys a bit of grief about uh, constantly having to talk in the media. Um, yeah, like I say, that, that's the first I heard when I ran out and everyone was giving him uh, jib about it. So obviously the guys that follow it do, but I was uh, none the wiser. Do you think perhaps having this lengthy break is going to pay off towards you know later in the year? For me, um, yeah, I mean, ho- hopefully. I, like I say, I feel good, you know, running around last, especially the last couple of weeks, you know, once this has sort of uh, felt back to normal and 
um, you know, yeah, hopefully all going well. It will mean, um, you know, I've got plenty of energy for, for the year to come. A lot of players are deciding where they're going. Are you off contract at the end of this year? What's your situation? No, no, I, uh, I don't like to play those games. I, I signed up last year for this year and another one, and um, you know, I love, love being in New Zealand and, and playing here, so, you know, that's not on my mind at all. The Hurricane Centre, Conrad Smith. The Northern Mystics go into Sunday's Trans-Tasman Netball Grand Final against the unbeaten Queensland Firebirds in Brisbane as clear underdogs. But the Auckland-based side's head coach believes the Firebirds will be quietly worried about her Mystics. Debbie Fuller faced a media inquest at training on Wednesday. Richard Wayne joined the scrum. Debbie Fuller, first year as a head coach, and look how far you've come with the Mystics, first year in the finals. How good a year has it been for you and, and how sweet would it be to cap it off with a title? Yeah, it'd be great. I mean, we're happy but we're not satisfied yet. The job's certainly not done. That's the approach we're taking going into Brisbane, but really happy with the way the year's progressed. There's certainly been some dips and um, tough times, but that's what happens with a competition like this. Before the year, taking on the head coaching role, you know, what was going through your head? What were your goals? What were your aims for the team this year? It's always been, the aim has been to keep our eye on the prize. And last November we came together as a squad and I asked the girls why they're here and they said they want to win this competition. And so we've kind of progressively built an environment around achieving goals week in and week out so we can get there and we still haven't played our best netball so um, hopefully we can play our best netball on Sunday. Is there anything in particular you've done different as a head coach this season? Not anything out of the ordinary that any other head coach would do, but I think the key thing, we've pushed accountability in the team, and what we wanted right from the start was genuine peer pressure, so people would be accountable for their performance. We set high expectations with the players, so they bought into it straight away, so when you hold players to account and you you stick to it, yeah, they've surprisingly um, come out on, on top which has been great. There's a real professionalism in the camp and we wouldn't expect anything less. It's been a bit of an up and down season, at which point did you realise that you could get as far as the grand final? Uh, there were two what I call tipping points in the season. The first was a win against the Magic in Hamilton um, and that was that kind of secured the girls' belief that you know they can get over um, mental hurdles because physically we can do it. It's the mental hurdles that we struggle with a little bit. And then the semi-final in Sydney was really the icing on the cake. So that set our momentum going forward. Um, the girls totally bought into the game plan and um, having a performance like that showed them you know if we all play together, we can really be unstoppable. The self-belief must be really there because, I mean, you know, you're losing at home to these teams like the Swifts and the Magic and, and the Firebirds, and then you turn around and beat them all, all except the Firebirds, who are up next. So, you know, the confidence must be right up there. Oh, the confidence is, and I mean, you know, it's like anything in sport, timing's everything. So, if you get your timing right, um, and we, we've had injuries throughout the year, so the Firebirds met us when Jolene was just coming back from an injury, so they, ha they haven't played us at full strength, they haven't played us when our momentum's on a high and when our confidence is high so I think they'll be quietly worried about us. When you say the team still haven't played their best netball yet, how far away are they from playing their best netball do you think? Um, they're very close and um, you know the other night when we played the Magic we were up by five going into the last couple of minutes and we let that slip so there's still that, that shows to the team that you know there's still things to be worked on. If we can consistently put teams under pressure for 60 minutes and if we can retain our position without upsetting our flow we'll be fine. You almost need a perfect game to beat them because they're unbeaten and they pounce on any mistakes that you'll make so you almost can't rely on them to make mistakes. Can you force them into making mistakes? You know, How do you beat them? Yeah, certainly, certainly. I mean, 
you know, there's the key in their attacking is Methurst. The goal attack is she's an outstanding feeder with great ball accuracy. So if we can upset her feeds into Ramelda. Their mid-quarters also hit the circle edge really hard and fast. And Ramelda Aiken is just an outstanding target in the back. So we're going to have to upset that. And it is achievable because other teams have come close to it. Guides down the other end. Um, yeah, she's playing She's playing well, she's aggressive onto the ball, um, she front marks really well. So if we can um, get her moving and get her you know, looking at what she needs to mark, we should be okay in that end. So we definitely can do it um, and we've definitely got the skills and the knowledge to do it. It's almost like you need a full court press. I mean, they seem to full court press like basketball, don't they? You know, across the court um, on defence. You know, when they don't have the ball, you, are you going to be doing that? Yeah, I mean, we we do have about three or four defensive strategies that we want to pull out, and that's one of the parts of our game that the girls have been, that I've been really impressed with. We've kind of wanted to stay true to the New Zealand style. You know, if New Zealanders run after Australians all day, we'll get outrun. So we have to be smarter in the way we play. We have to come off the player, play the space, and then be able to pressure them with a tight defensive mark as well so we have to be able to mix mix up our strategies and on attack if we can get the ball speed moving fast and play the angles we can play under any defensive lineup so we know what we can do it's just being able to do it for longer. It's Debbie Fuller's first season as Mystics head coach and she took time off to have a baby during the season. This is Extra Time a web only sports program from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Joe Porter. The Warriors are travelling pretty well in the National Rugby League, sitting in sixth place on the ladder heading into this weekend's home clash with South Sydney, which could be crucial for their NRL season. The Warriors have turned around a miserable 0-3 from start to win their last four games, including three away victories in a row. Overall, they've won four from six on the road. But the Warriors' home record's not as flash with two wins and two losses in Auckland, and another loss could also be a turning point in their season. The Rabbitohs were the Warriors' bunnies in the past, but the South Sydney Siders have had the wood on the Warriors in recent years, winning four of the last five encounters. The Warriors 5'8", James Maloney, has been in scintillating form with three tries in two games, and Richard Wayne cornered the Australian at training in their Mount Smart gym. What's your interpretation of your form at the moment? I mean, people are saying, you know, you're a pretty key player, you're certainly scoring a few tries, making a few tackles, getting some good kicks in, you know? Yeah, mate, I'm pretty happy with the way it's been going, and... Obviously, as a side, we're playing pretty good footy and, you know, with everyone doing their job on the side, it makes it a lot easier for us blokes pushing them around the park. So, um, pretty happy with the way it's all going and obviously the last couple of weeks, a few meat pies and that's happy days. Good stuff. Hey, um, the coach says he thinks you've got a lot, you can actually improve a lot more. He says a lot of potential in you and considering you're playing pretty well, that's pretty exciting. He said maybe preparation was something you want to work on more. The, the sky's the limit sort of thing, he said, which is good and sort of, well, also could do better. Yeah, obviously, you know, obviously there's always stuff to improve on and, and that, that's my job there to keep making sure that I am improving and doing that. So um, obviously he'll push me in the, the right direction and what he wants me doing and um, yeah, mate, definitely keep looking to improve. Are you looking to make an origin in, in your playing career? I mean, uh, you know, if you keep playing well, that, that's not out of the question for sure. Oh, mate, it'd be nice, yeah, one day, but, you know, I don't think at the moment I'm in, in the calculations that much, but, you know... We'll just keep plugging away week in, week out and do what we can for the Warriors and that's the number one priority at the moment. Of course, it's pretty. Um, it's possibly a little trickier over the Tasman here to make you know, the, the origin sides uh, you know, for the Australian players, but you know, one of your teammates has just done it, so it's uh, you know, not out of the question, I suppose. Yeah, no, exactly, mate. He, Bull's been playing some real good footy, so mate, it's great to see him get the call up and um, you know, I'm, I'm sure he'll do a great job on Wednesday night. 
a bit tricky though. I mean, puts the Warriors in a spot, and I think is, is it Taylor who's actually been named as the last man, but it's probably going to play against you for South. Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure he will be playing against us, though, Taylor. That's tough. You lose your starting prop, and they get they get to keep theirs. You know. Yeah, no, mate. It'll, it'll, it'll be a nightmare on our side. I'm sure of that. So um, we'll have to have a big game defensively to stop him. Yeah, some big units there. Of course, you guys have got some big boys as well. So it should be a good old ding dong on Sunday. Yeah, definitely. It'll be a big battle up front, you know, there's no doubt about that. So I think they're missing a few blokes, but they've still got a fair pack there. So um, that'll be another challenge for our guys on the weekend. But, you know, the way they've been playing recently, you know, I think they'll handle it, no worries. They've got a couple of good little men, of course, as well. What's the trick to stopping those guys around the play the ball? I don't know, I think taking their time, you know, is pretty important. Obviously, Isaac Luke's very dangerous out of hooker if you, you know, losing the ruck and giving him quick play the balls. And I suppose Chrissy Sandow, you just got to take his time off him. He's, he's playing some pretty good footy at the moment and just, just be on alert when he's got the ball. Your away form has been pretty superb with three from three of the last uh, three away games. Maybe the home form hasn't been quite up to scratch, so a bit of a challenge there maybe to, you know, keep the home fans happy. Yeah, definitely. I, I suppose at the end of the day, if you win away, that's all well and good, but you've got to make sure you win them home ones. So that's a big challenge for us this week, especially getting the bye the week after. So um, it is a big game this week. The Warriors' James Maloney. The man regarded by many as New Zealand's best ever batsman, Martin Crowe, has decided to pick up the bat again in an attempt to make a return to first-class cricket. Crowe says he's been inspired by former Black Caps Adam Perori and Mark Richardson, who will attempt to climb Mount Everest and run multiple marathons this year, respectively, to aim for something more than just losing a few kilos in the gym. The New Zealand record holder for the highest individual test score and most test centuries, Crowe believes he's lost none of the mental stamina that made him such a force in international cricket and says his biggest challenge will be coping with the physical demands of the modern game. I caught up with Crowe to talk about why he feels the traits and techniques that gave him so much success in the past can still prove valuable in 2011 and why he wants to return to competitive cricket at the age of 48. Well, it's probably, uh, some would say, a midlife crisis, which um, for me is a bit of a midlife challenge, I guess, is the way to positively look at the, the fact that I need to get off my butt and need to get uh, fit and get in. And uh, I grabbed the, really the, the idea of playing again as a, as a, a tangible goal um, and I just have to go through the process now of the next three or four months, making sure that I'm fit enough to uh, to be able to walk out there as well as get in the nets and sort of fine-tune the uh, the skills. And what about, you know, your eye out there on the pitch? Is that something that I guess you, you don't lose or, or you're confident that you haven't lost? Well, that's, the uh, I suppose, the imponderable. I mean, that's what I want to find out. I mean, I have been picking up a bat over the last three or four years from time to time, um, and it's been a lot of fun to do so uh, now that my knee's feeling good. And um, I feel that, um, you know, I've got a chance of maybe uh, being good enough to, uh, to play uh, at a good standard at club level um, as long as the body holds up. Of course, you know, it's, it's okay doing it for five or ten minutes, but it, the idea is to really try and do it for a couple of hours. So that's what I'm sort of setting my goal to do. And, um, I mean, it'll be great fun to be able to go out there and uh, hit the ball around again if, um, if all goes well. Do you think, I mean, the game has, has changed much since you sort of hung up the boots, for lack of a better cliche? Well, it certainly got, it certainly got faster. I mean, you've got different forms of the game, like 2020, and uh, I'm not looking to play in that type of uh, format. I'm looking to play in the, the two-day club competition or, you know, maybe you know, a longer form if, uh, if, if all things go well um, for Auckland. But, uh, no, I just want to get out there and, and take my time 
you know, building an innings and um, and obviously therefore uh, it's all more about skill than it is about sort of the physical fitness side of things. But no, the game has changed. I mean, it's um, there's a lot more big hits these days. Uh, and of course, uh, that's not really my style either. So um, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to testing them and, and comparing the techniques of today with, with what I've got to offer. Yeah, you talk about technique. Obviously, it was very successful for you during your career. Do you feel like that's something that you also have managed to, I guess, hold on to while you haven't been on the field? Yeah, I mean, I, you don't really lose the ability to play, um, you know, a certain way. And, I mean, I still think I can play straight and, and the footwork is the key thing to be able to be agile and quick enough. Um, and, obviously, I need to practice a lot on the nets to get the eyes and the muscles, um, the eye muscles working. Um, you've only got a, a seventh of a second to react in cricket normally. So, you know, there's all of that to um, to, to, to condition. Um, and that's what I'm going to, you know, enjoy doing, getting back in the nets and, um, you know, basically sort of waking up, uh, you know, the, the the old skills and seeing seeing how it all comes out. Adam Perori is uh, attempting or supposedly attempting to climb Mount Everest and Mark Richardson is doing a few marathons this year. How, what made you decide to actually get back involved in the sport? Well, those two are inspirational and I've read about them in the last week or so and I must admit it did sort of make me think I've got to aim for something a little bit more than just going to the gym and losing a few kilos. Um, I've actually got to put my um, my neck out and go for something a little bit more meaningful and that's what I decided to, to uh, attempt to try and play competitive cricket this year uh, at the club level first. So, yep, those two have been um, very inspirational and uh, I wish them well. I think it's terrific what they're doing, particularly Adam to attempt Mount Everest is just sensational so uh, I think it's a good message to everyone. Obviously you're a very fierce competitor, we saw that during the uh, the recent charity match at the, at the Basin Reserve, it still flows through your veins pretty intensely, um, are you worried that perhaps you'll get frustrated with yourself if your progress isn't as quick as perhaps you might have liked or envisaged? Oh I'm sure I will, but I think that's what I want to find out, uh, is to what extent um, are things not going to work or um, you know, that, that that's that's, I suppose, the, the challenge, and that's what I'm looking forward to finding out, whether things can actually uh, operate uh, at some level. Um, and, and if they can't, then we pack it all up and go home. Um, nothing's lost out of it all. It's, uh, you know, the reality says that, you know, not much is going to be achieved. But, I mean, I just need to get off my butt and, and uh, see what uh, what I can achieve and, and, and have some fun doing it. Your leadership and experience, it must be, um, I guess, a nice feeling to perhaps starting the process of being able to give something back at a very, very grassroots level in that sense. Well, you know, I think that's one of the side effects and one of the benefits that to be able to see what the, the young cricketers are doing these days in preparation to actually get in there and sort of physically and skillfully watch them and work with them. Um, it's one thing being a coach on the sideline, but to actually sort of put yourself in with them and uh, alongside them, I think, is um, quite a rare thing. Um, I've always believed that coaching is better to, in a, um, showing them how to do it rather than just saying it. So in that way, I think there can be some real benefit. We see quite a few people have, have come back to make, I guess, career comebacks in terms of sport. You look at Ian Thorpe, who's trying to achieve the same thing at, at a, a little bit of a different scale, I guess, over in Australia with the Olympics in mind. Um, do you think that you have sort of, I guess, the um, the mental stamina or, or to, to get you through maybe some of the, the tougher physical processes when you're trying to get yourself back up to that fitness level? Oh, yeah, there's no doubt that mentally I'll be uh, a lot better equipped. Um, I, I believe in, in, in visualisation. I'm, I'm, my concentration levels, I think, are fine. And, uh, you know, the mental side of it I don't think is um, really an issue. It's just going to be the ability to see the ball and react um, in that uh, seventh of a second, to be able to run between the wickets and be able to do that for hour after hour. That's 
that's the, the challenge ahead. Um, and um, you know, it's really, you know, it's, it's something I can't, you know, obviously tell at the moment. But in um, the next three or four months, I'll be, I'll be getting a pretty solid gauge on it. Spent obviously uh, quite a bit of time away from the game, analysing and, and watching from an analytical, I guess, perspective. Do you think that that different kind of experience will add something to your game when you come back? Yeah, well, I probably, you know, got a bit tired of of the, all the commentary and what have you, and as you say, the analysis and uh, talking about it. That um, you know, it's, it's time to, and the committees and all that sort of thing. Uh, here's a different tact, um, and uh, I think I'll really benefit from it you know, personally, because I'll, I'll be fitter for it. And uh, it's a challenge, so it's going to get, keep me focused. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's certainly a different way of, of doing it, and it is unusual, it is unique, and it could turn pear-shaped. <laughs> <laughs> and how are the family thinking or feeling about the uh, the, the new commitment? Oh, well, it's, it's all pretty new, um, but uh, no, everyone's very supportive and positive and uh, awaiting with bated breath. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, any specific goals at this point in terms of what you would like to achieve? I think the the goal that I'm seeing in my mind is that I, I would love to walk out at Cornwall Park in a competitive two day match. Uh, I know my my dad's ashes are on the on the hill there at One Tree Hill. Um, to be able to walk out and know I'm in a competitive game, um, the age of 48, I think would be a wonderful thing to 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 feel at at that time. Absolutely, and obviously you you've still got that competitive edge. You're not worried about it uh, getting the best of you out there at all. No, I, I, no, I, I don't think so. I think, um, um, I think my emotions are under control these days. So, uh, no, it'll be, uh, it'll be a good journey. So we're looking forward to it. The former New Zealand cricketer Martin Crow, and that's the show for this week. Feedback is welcome via sport at radioNZ.co.nz. You can get the latest sports news anytime on our website. While we'll be back with the next web-only extra time show next week. I'm Joe Porter. Bye for now. Planning for your next trip. Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.